Radio Live with your hosts, Jim and Sandy Young. Welcome, everyone. I am Reverend Sandy. And I am Reverend Jim. Welcome to Angel Talk Radio Live. Our show is sponsored by the Living Light Center at Church of Faith and Healing. For anyone interested, Jim and I do personal readings. And if you'd like to have a personal reading, you can call 304-567-3354 or email sandysangeltalk at aol.com. That's S-A-N-D-Y-S-A-N-G-E-L-T-A-L-K at aol.com. We want to thank all of you for joining us today for another exciting show. We're going to be covering Service is a Measure of Greatness. Before we get started, I would like to share a reading with you. As we draw closer to the major time of change, we are being made more responsible for our thoughts and actions. And as we judge others, we will certainly be judged ourselves. When we hurt others physically, emotionally, or mentally, we will see the resulting forces turning back towards us. Your thoughts and actions need to be controlled and in a pure alignment with the divine. Sometimes judgment and sacrifice will happen to you, but if you are doing something for the highest good of all, then God will recognize your efforts. Try to raise your energies through meditation, prayer, blessings, and sacred chants. Become more aware of your connection to others. This will allow you to reach higher and higher realms of soul communication and possibly mental telepathy with those of like yourself who await communication. Your five senses are expanding into the unseen realms and are becoming closer to connect, to and for you to be able to see and know more in these realms. Soon, many people will be gaining the abilities of telepathic communication with others, either physically or non-physically. To communicate directly from the cosmic realm is the greatest experience of all, and many will and have achieved this sensitive, intuitive state. Those who have committed themselves to the service of God will be blessed with this opportunity. Be assured the time and commitment you make will bring you great rewards. You will be recognized by the divine for your efforts. Remember your responsibility is to build your communication system from earth to the divine beings of light. We can open the doors for opportunities, but you must fulfill and carry them into fruition. We await your efforts as we may join in oneness. Remember always, love God with all of your heart, mind, and soul, and your brothers and sisters as yourself. Blessings to you. Let us start off by covering a little bit in service as the measure of greatness. 
And, okay, to be of best service, we need to understand our oneness with God. All that we have ever done through the lifetimes are recorded in time and space. And through patience, we may attain this awareness or consciousness. And through our own experiences, we will gain this wisdom. By doing this, it begins to link us consciously with God, the universal consciousness, and we become a conscious reality. For the universal consciousness with creative forces is the awareness of life itself. When the spirit of the Christ is one, our manifestation of thought, purpose, and desire makes it awareness one with that consciousness so that our soul awareness comes to us. We begin to understand the awareness of its source and abilities and how we are a part of all of this, how our soul is connected to this awareness. Then, as we continue to expand our awareness, we begin to examine the God self from within. It allows us to see the awareness of the kingdom of being at one, of having Christ consciousness as our companion, feeling deep within our heart the desire to do the things that would align with God's will and doing them in service to God. For as we strive to know God more and be one with him, it is said, Come and know ye me, and I will give thee that knowledge that thou hast with me since the foundations of the world, Isaiah 40, 21. When we talk about angels and archangels of the light, we should see them as the laws of the universe. Michael being the Lord of the way, not the way, but Lord of the way. Michael stands before the throne of the Father. The Christ is the Son the way to the Father. For he came here so mankind would have access to the Father, making the way. Michael is the Lord or guard of changes that each of us will experience and through us seeking the way. For Lord of the way is an understanding and comprehension to those things and conditions and elements that helps us to find contentment in the service of truth. When we think of free will, we often will do what we want to do, and it's usually not in alignment with God's will. But you will find that only by doing God's will do we find happiness. We may look at doing God's will as a sacrifice of our own will, but it's through our willingness to align with God's will, even if it causes suffering through time, space, and patience, that through this comes the wisdom that our real will is the will of God. And it results in happiness and oneness with the divine. Without the gift of free will to the soul, how could it become aware of the presence of the all-abiding creative force. At one minute is making yourself's will 
one with the creative forces. Now, how many times have you gone out of your way to do something good for someone else, even if it's as simple as opening a door for them or offering a kind word or helping them with some kind of task or chore they may need help with? Well, when we do this, and we do it without a begrudging feeling, but with a compassionate feeling, we are left with a good feeling afterwards, a blessing given to us by God. There generally is an upliftment that our soul feels. For when we do this for others, we are doing this to please God. For we are all God's children. When we understand our feelings within our heart, we begin to understand ourselves better, knowing we are individual, yet one with God, one with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, each knowing themselves to be themselves, yet one. Then, when the soul, the image of the Creator, is attuned to the divine, you are on the path to meeting your own self. You know, Edgar Cayce said, the first law of knowing self, of understanding self, is to become more and more sincere with that thou doest in the relationships one to another. For the proof of same is the fruit thereof. And when thou hast found the way, thou showest the way to thy brother. We are all meant to learn from experiences and share what we have learned with others, allowing them the opportunity to grow spiritually also. The purposes for each soul's experience in materiality are that it's all in the book of remembrances, which may be open so that the soul may know its relationship to its maker. When asked to be a group, when a person's asked, like in a group of people, who is the greatest among you? You know, Edgar Casey said, he that is the servant of all, he that has not merely the material but the whole of an association, a corporation in mind as to whom it serves, as to what it serves and how in service alone may any soul find advancement and development. So as we grow closer to God, we can use the sacred names of God to help us expand our mind and understand better the many workings of the divine beings to develop not only our physical body and mind, but our light body also. If we are to understand the faces of the divine, we must begin to understand the face or the appearance of the light body that is seen when the higher intelligences or the higher mind speaks to you within your creative cycle of creation. When you have seen the face of the higher evolution and it speaks to you even on the inner plane, you understand how the face of the sons of light 
or of the messengers of light is but a brain cell of light that leads back into the eternal mind. The eternal mind is all of the chemistry of the infinite life systems connected together through the greater creation of the mind energy beyond the celestial energy. We are told within the scriptures that there is a greater light threshold which is made out of the light pulsation from every molecule of flesh which can measure, resurrect, and reprogram all the particles along with the sacred names. That special breathing techniques are used to penetrate into the very consciousness of the names and to maintain a certain vibrational control over the psychochemical process. And in a single intake, you absorb life, breathe spirit, nourishment, health, vigor, and necessary conditioning to journey into eternity with special masters of the Father. The breathing passes through levels of sound and color, representing light energy at different levels, whereby the participant will experience the flame growing brighter and brighter until they notice outlines of beings of light moving back and forth. The warmth and radiant tongues of the flame unfold the garment of the Father unto us and become the efflorescence of his love. The light grows until the flame within knows no fear but feels the excitement of his divine love. The sacred names also create the vehicle of light which allows us to travel through the vibrations of the mind so that we can communicate with those who exist on thrones in the higher worlds of Yahweh or the celestial beings through transformation of thought, transformation of one's magnetic field can be achieved, which allows this kind of communication to become possible. You know, at the present time, we are beginning to realize that evolution is actually the unfoldment of consciousness within bodies. And it is this unfoldment which actually impels the modifications which raise in the physical structures. We are told that unless God builds the house, man's labors in vain. So as the mind becomes more skillful, it becomes more dangerous unless the Holy Spirit descends upon it and blesses its work. Most religious persons will agree with this concept, but find difficulty in experiencing the inner transformation that is necessary. The science of salvation is more important than any other subject which the mind of man can contemplate. Many complain that their prayers go unanswered or that their meditations are unfruitful and that the miracles they hoped for never occurred. It is not because we are deficient in these qualities which result in the awakening of true faith. In one way or another, many troubled persons ask to be relieved of burdens that are their own or forgiven mistakes which they could correct if they so willed or enjoy undeserved prosperity. Those who take refuge in, in the infinite 
and search of spiritual security must bring an appropriate offering to the altar of the God within themselves. And these gifts are the good deeds they have already performed in the name of truth, in service to others and in God. In the Orient, there is an old story about a gentle soul who, departing from this world, came into the presence of the judge of the quick and the dead. And as the soul was approaching the throne of judgment, a child ran up and handed her a beautiful bouquet of flowers. When the judge asked, Who defends this soul in her hour of greatest need? All the little flowers began to speak. One was a kind word, another a charitable deed, a third a self-sacrifice. And altogether these flowers were the merits accumulated through the years by a very simple and gentle woman who worked in the rice field. When the grim-faced judge had listened to the evidence, he smiled in a kindly way and invited the soul to the heavenly regions. The woman was very grateful, but not, did not want to go to the realm of light until she could share the flowers that had been given to her with other souls who had not yet attained enlightenment. This fable seems to express the true meaning of the mystery of the Holy Spirit. Jim, I know that you have a few things that you wanted to share now also. Well, I do. The, one of the first things I'd like to say is that, is that one question that I am asked by a lot of people, especially by people who are single, <laughs> they seem to want to know, how can you possibly have a mate, get married, and both of you think exactly the same way? You both, you know couldn't have had the exact same experiences. So, you know, how are those brought together without them being in conflict? And that, that is a great question. What I tell people for the answer, and this must always be, you know, brought as a truth within your own self, but what I tell people is, is that, that you will never find any person on the face of this earth that has had every experience in exactly the same way you have. But they don't separate separate you from, from God. They don't separate you from another person or anyone that lives across the other side of the globe because it's the experiences that, that live on within the soul. Soul never forgets, ever, ever forgets. And, and the spirit, it never forgets. And so it is your belief systems that will separate you from another. If we could all, including myself, if we could all come to the, to the awareness that, well, that it's not your truth, it's not my truth, it's not, you know, a separation of truth here and a separation of truth there. Now, if somebody comes to me and they have their own opinions, uh, fine. You know, it's not my job to try and, and turn them, you know, over to my side, so to speak. All that does is create two opposing sides, two, 
two opposing factors. And that is the last thing you want. Within themselves, there must come that reckoning of what is truth and what is not. But I tell people, I have only really one absolute truth, and that is God is one. God is not the many being expressed from the one. God is the many that will express as the one. When we can all bow our heads and just, you know, pray to the one true God. And I'm not going to tell you, you know, a name. I'm not going to give you, you know, that, well, this is what he looks like, or this is where he comes from, or this is who, you know, built a religion around it. I'm only going to say that my absolute truth is that God is one. And so, it is through the Holy Trinity, I believe, that we can know ourselves. Through the Messiah, he is the one through whom all extremes are met. So, if it's a husband and a wife, you know, and there are, there's anything within the relationship that, that may create an extreme, remember that when you overlap the two circles, or the two hearts, you have the creation of the vesicle Pisces in between the two. You'll never be able to combine two circles unless you have a third. And the third one is the Messiah. He is God who came into flesh to give us the grace to be able to recognize that everyone was created by the same creator, the same God. And that's the biggest part we must come to understand. I know people who are busy. I mean, they are constantly on the move, and they are busy. And they do this, they do that. But I don't know about you, but I do know for me, patience is something that that throughout my whole life has been a lesson. And I knew early on that it was something I had to learn. It was just happened too often. I get into a line at the grocery store, and there'd be one person in front of me with a couple of items. The other line next to me would have 10 or 12 people, and they'd have carts full. And I began to realize that the entire line with, with a dozen people in it had already gone through, and I was still standing at the other checkout waiting because something went haywire or they needed a price or whatever it may be. You know, there was a comedian who used to say, whatever lane I'm in, it ends in 500 feet. (laughs) And if you find that constantly, you know, there's something, even little, that may try to grind away at you or try to, you know, make you think a certain way, make you, you know, do something you don't want to do. The idea here is patience. Why is patience so important? Well, you know, I talk to a lot of people in my, when I do my sermons, and, you know, I've had people raise their hand, and, and I'd say, yes, and they'd say, well, I'm really above this plane of existence. I am already in fifth dimension. I, I used to be I wouldn't even know where to go with that. But I do know one thing, that I would ask the person, you know, well, 
do me a favor, just look at that, that bin that's sitting over there. Okay? I said, tell me what you see. Well, I see the top, I see the sides, and I see the end of it. Ah, there's three. <laughs> but if you're fifth dimensional, you should be able to see more than just three sides. And we have to come to a common sense. And it's like, what will get you there? If you really want to be fifth dimensional or, or even fourth dimensional, what is it that will get you there? Because I tell people all the time, I don't know. If I were to show up at sixth dimension would, and I was already there, would I really want myself there now <laughs> as I am? <laughs> you know, and if the answer is not quite clear, then do what it takes. There's no, there's no easy way out. Trust me. There's no, you know, there's no doing, you know, cartwheels, you know, backwards, flipping backwards. They can get you there. It is all about the little things. And the little things may come, turn into, you know, bigger things or bigger opportunities. And that's typically the way it works. That which is last will be first. That which is first will be last. And so it says in, in the Holy Writ. So the idea is, you know, don't underestimate the little things. You know, that's the first thing I pray for when I get up in the morning, is as I walk this path today, Lord, you know, if there are opportunities, I don't care how small they are, that I can be of service to someone who is in need or who calls out to you or is praying to you, and I can be the one to ground your light and your love. And, and it doesn't really matter sometimes what you even say. I've had people come up to me after services, and one would say, oh, that, that sermon was so perfect. It, it's like you were just talking straight to me, and they tell me what they heard. And I'd say to myself inside my head, you know, I don't even I don't remember saying that. <laughs> you know? And the next person to come, they'd say, oh, that, it's like you... It's like you knew you were preaching way straight to me, and they tell me what they heard. And I go, I don't, I, I don't think I said that. <laughs> but that's the beauty of it. It's because God knows what you need. God knows what you desire. God knows what you want. You know, what do we need? Well, we think we need a bed to be able to sleep in at night. In reality, what we need is a mattress on the floor. But God is not the kind of God that that would deny you of anything. He's, he's your father. I mean, and we have come to believe that the more money you have, the more spiritual you must be. When in reality, is that really true? Is it really true? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name? Do we not cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. So it's not about, you know, about raising the dead. It's about step by step, one upon the other. And asking for the light of God through the Holy Trinity, if that's your belief, because it's mine, but, but still it's one, one God, one 
beautiful creation of life. And if you don't have a constant rejuvenation of that light into anything in the material realms, it will die. It will destructure, um, fall apart. It is only when there is the, re, the restoration and rejuvenation of light into anything in the material realm that it continues to grow, to bear. You know, it, it's, it's very simple. And so how do you get that? Well, give it away. If you really want God to know how much light you're willing to accept, how much love you're willing to accept, you know, how much kindness you're willing to accept for yourself, then give away what you got. And God will refill it. And you give it away again. God will refill it again. And you can't outgive God. I tell people all the time, try to outgive God. I guarantee you it will not work. Because that's how God knows how much you love him, how much you want to do to bring about the glory of your creator into this material world. It's by giving away what you receive. It it actually is a law, receiving for the purposes of sharing. And if you look around you, you'll see the difference. You could see the, so to speak, elites. And you can see that they don't give away much of anything. And if they do, it's, it's not even a spit in a bucket to them. When the widow walked to the, to the front of the temple and she put her two little pennies into the plate. And the Pharisee walked up and put, you know, 10% of all the silver and gold that, you know, he was given. Jesus looked around at him and said, I tell you this today, that even though it was only two pence that she placed into that, into that offering, it was way more than all of the Pharisees and the Sadducees together. <coughs> because she gave of all she had. I ask people, I say, Have, do you plant trees? People look at me like I'm, like I'm nuts when I ask that question. Do you plant trees? And they go, well, what does it matter if I plant trees? I said, well, how many trees have you used since you've been born? I said, how old are you? Forty-two? How many trees do you think you've used? And let me just ask this. How many trees do you think you've used just for toilet paper alone? <laughs> you know, then I really get some strange looks. But the idea is I want it to stick in their mind because we should never leave this planet without at least putting back what we took from it when we lived here. I mean, that's the simple part. But then there are others, others who don't understand. They don't know. They're looking, they're seeking, and that's why you're here. You have become one of the chosen ones. And being chosen is great. But it's not everything, because you have to choose to be chosen. Now, did you hear that? You have to choose to be chosen. Because God's already done his part. But you have to begin to act out all the things that are of God. And, 
and cast away the things that aren't. You're going to find, as we go walk into the future here, you're going to find that, that people you've known most of your life, and, or you thought you knew them, that all of a sudden their personalities may begin to change. Um, we're, we're in a time right now where people are being given the choice. Is your choice materiality and making sure you have everything you want? And if there's a little bit left over, a crumb, you know, and they fall off the table, great. But, but that's not God, and that's not God's way. If you trust, if you have faith, then, then what you get, give it away and try to outgive God. Because as much as you give, God will refill it right back up. And eventually, it will fill to overflowing. And when it fills to overflowing, if you can imagine overflowing, it is a very specific word used in Holy Writ. And the overflow, that means that it doesn't stop. It continues to swell within you. And that's what will get you across the finish line. That's that's it in a nutshell. How can one even begin to to take that first step? Patience. Patience, again, is a dimension of time. One could even say patience is the actions that allow us to know the fourth dimension. We understand past, you know, and most of us would like to forget a few things and in those years, present, well, really, it's hard, to, it's hard to pinpoint a present because the, the, the moment you say, okay, now, it's gone. It becomes the past. So that now is a very difficult one. And in the future, well, you know, we would like to think that we know the future, but you know what? Have we read what God has given us, the promises for the future? It's knowing those promises. How can we expect to receive them if we don't even know what they are? And truly, it is past, present, future, and patience. And by a wise man, it was said, step back and watch yourself walk by. How many of us do that? That is the, the, the beauty of it all, the greatness. That's when you begin to see the work of God in the little things you do in life. They don't have to be, you know, building skyscrapers, you know, on an island. I mean, honestly, it's about, you know, it's about someone who is, is in pain because they lost someone they loved. And all of a sudden, they're in front of you and they're telling you they don't know what to do. And all you have to do is just ask. And the information for that person, for what they need, will come through. Be that grounding force for spirit. Spirit is spirit. We oftentimes confuse the two between the material or matter and spirit. Spirit moved, and when it moved, it moved into matter, and creation occurred. And now we are here. And so when we move and we act and we ask spirit in its perfect state with all of the codes of creation can come <coughs> excuse me, can come through us and through
through us by grounding it, it can change. They can change a, a piece of ground. It can change, you know, the property you live on. It can change your block. It can change a city. It can change a nation. Because everything is going to be, be everything is going to happen that will try and distract you. I was told probably a year or two ago, I was told, look forward. Don't look left. Don't look right. I said, I'm a little confused. And the answer came, if you look left, there are forces that will put something to your left that you just can't walk past. You, you've got to go look at it. And it might not even be real, but what's real and what's not? You know, that's something that's been argued for thousands of years. But it will, it will distract you off your path. And the whole idea is to be where you need to be, when you need to be, so that God can take the opportunity to, for the two paths to cross. When Jesus told the disciples, go to the gate at Jerusalem, and as you get there, as you arrive, there'll be a man walking by with a jug on his shoulder that is full of water. And Jesus said, follow him. Just follow him. And he will lead you to a house, and in that house will be a man, and walk up to him and say, the master has need of a place to celebrate the Passover. And, and he will have the room, and the room will already be set up. He may not even know why. But you see, God does. And yet, if the disciples had stopped to rest under a tree, eh, why don't we take a rest, take a nap, you know? I mean, or they probably stopped to get a drink of water, maybe. I mean, it was a distance, I believe, to the, the gate of the temple, of, or the gates of Jerusalem, from where they were gathered. What did, how did God know, or how did Jesus know, that, that there'd be a man walking by that gate at just that right time? If they had stopped and taken a nap, or if they had stopped and just rested for 15 minutes, they'd have missed him. And then they wouldn't have been able to know where the house was, where the man who owned the house had set up already for the Passover feast and didn't know why. Doesn't matter why. It's that when God works and God moves and you move in unison with the Spirit of God, then the creative forces come through you and nothing, nothing is impossible. And that's the beauty of it. That is absolutely, absolutely. It is. It is great that when this falls into place like that, Jim, I have to really agree with you. You know, when we want to reach that state of of knowingness like Jesus had, you know, we really have to move forward on our spiritual path, be serious about being in alignment with the oneness of God, you know, and be aware of the needs of other people. You know, presently right now, people are really going through a lot. You know, there's a lot more sickness out there. And, you know, there's, you know, layoffs and there's, you know, all kinds of turmoils, which is putting people through a lot of change. 
Now, change is necessary whenever you're, whenever you're evolving and moving forward. But when we see people who say maybe has gotten very sick and financially it has started to drain them uh, and they're having challenges meeting some of their debts or, or maybe not enough food to eat or, or need a little help with some chores or whatever, you know, the idea is not to turn your head away and ignore, oh, that's their problem, not mine. You know, being in service really means being conscious of everything all around you. And if you can take just a few moments or, or offer something that could help them in their greatest times of need, what is more special than that? You know, there's... You know, we have lots of earth changes happening, lots of earthquakes. And, you know, and in these earthquakes, you know, they're starting to crack open deep. And, you know, from the deep centers of the earth, there's a lot of bacteria or viruses or methane gas and all that. You know, and it's going to create more illnesses for people on the planet. And so we have to be our brothers and sisters, you know, helpers. Uh, to, you know, maybe we can't do it all, but as a group, you know, your friends gather together and volunteer to to offer some things that they have to the individuals that may need it. And it doesn't take a whole lot of effort. When people are in need, you feel the desire to want to help. And when you do, the look in their eyes, the expression they give you of gratitude for even the smallest of things that you do for them warms your heart, fills your soul with a love that is so pure. And it's like you want to do it more. You want to find places that you could help people more and reach out to them and let them see that someone cares. That's the whole point. As the world separates and divides, People become more like locked into their own issues only. And we, we need to realize that this isn't the path we're supposed to take. The path of fear and, and, and greed and, and, you know, and just selfishness only separates us from God. And if we want to reach this stage of enlightenment, this awakened time where we can connect with the all. We can know the things. We can know to contact a person who has a jug of water to take to find a room to do a class. We can do that if we are one with the all. That consciousness expands and allows us also that opportunity. But where we are in the present state for most people, we're still growing and working to that stage. And it takes effort. You can't just pretend to get there or fake to get there. You have to live it. You have to be it. And it's not always easy. Sometimes it takes sacrifice. But in that sacrifice, you gain a lot more than you give. You know, Cindy, it's, we talk about a lot about love and what love is. Um, it has its opposite. If you look at love backwards, it's evil. But... The idea here is, is that you will always have something that will try to distract you. The idea is don't let it. Look forward, always, and 
even as Peter, when he saw Jesus walking on the water, he too walked on the water. So long as he never took his eyes off of the Master, then he was able to stay above the waves. And so too, we can stay just above the waves, the waves of life that sometimes can hit you and bring you down and you never saw it coming. The idea here is is that we have to have spirit constantly restoring us so that we are always aware of that person that needs something or, or that person will be brought into your sphere of activity so that you can help. And in this day and age, you have to be careful because there will be every attempt, even from people you may have known for years. You know, you may really find out very quickly which side that one is on. Is one on the side of God and, and you know, and love and wanting to, wanting because you love your God, your creator, and doing that which you know God would have you do? Or are you about the material? Because I'm telling you, the material is soon going to be gone, if that is what you are worshiping. And if it is your entire focus, then it is what you worship. That which is the dominant force in your life is what you worship. You know, when I marry people, you know, it used to be the old I do, you know, was the answer that people would come up with. I do. I do. Do you take? I do. I will ask the couple if they would rather have um, I am. And by that I mean that I will ask, are you willing to take this woman to be your wife? And the answer will come back, I am. And when you do the same with, with the wife, you know, and you ask the same question, and you say, are you willing? I am. You have, I am that I am. Two of the highest vibrational frequencies on the planet in the material realm that one can speak. I am that I am. When Jesus spoke it in the temple, they tried to, to take hold of him and out to the edge of the cliff and throw him over. And he just turned and walked through the crowd and said, it's not my time, and you have no power over me. And we should think and feel the same. You do what you got to do. You can speak your truth. And it doesn't matter if anybody else believes it to be truth. It doesn't matter if other people say, well, I've got a different truth. It really doesn't matter. But you must speak your truth because if you don't, you do not give others the opportunity to think about it, to ponder it, and to maybe change the way they see it. When two people get together and they become mates and they get married, I can't tell you the number of them that will come for counseling or for whatever it may be. And it's so quick to see that, well, what are you going to do on Monday? Oh, Monday I've got off, so, you know, don't tell my wife now, but I'm probably just going to go fishing. Well, the wife has her own ideas about what she's going to do Monday. And she assumes that you're going to be part of it because you're off. You see, but there can't be two futures. If your hearts are entwined together through the vesicle Pisces, through the two is one, then there has to be a common belief system. You can have all the different experiences you want, but the belief system is what will keep you apart. 
So, mostly, I tell people, just get rid of your beliefs. And they're like, what? I mean, you know, there's moral standards and there's, you know, this and there's that. And, and I mean, I mean as, as a human being, even, we have to have beliefs. I can tell you that, you know, that what I thought at the age of 10 was truth has morphed over the years. Not that it has even changed so much, but it, it, you see it from different perspectives. You see it from different sides. And that's spirituality. And that's when God is giving you the light and the love to overflowing. I had one person tell me one time that they didn't believe in unconditional love. And I said, well, why not? And they said, well, you know, I used to believe it, but I come to realize that human beings cannot have unconditional love. And I know that when somebody says that word to me, that, you know, get away from them because they're not of the light. I thought, Wow. To, to have to come that far back, I mean, I had one guy tell me, he said, you know that the thing that they say, when you pass, you know, that a light will, will come, an opening, and you go through the light? I said, well, I've heard that. And the guy said, oh, I've, I've got it figured out. I said, what, tell me. He said, I have it figured out that when I get to the other side and the light opens up, you go the other way. The light's a trick, he said. And I said, you go the other way? He said, absolutely. He said, you, you run as fast as you can, the other way, away from the light. I said, well, if I ever see you again on the other side, I, I'd like to know how that worked out for you. <laughs> you know, and where do, we, where do we come up with those things? I mean, oh, I can tell you now, unconditional love is one of the hardest things you'll ever have to do. And yet, and yet, it was done for you. It was done for me. You know, in the crucifixion and the resurrection, you know, the light of the one true God came to this planet, and it was by the hands of those who hated it the most that took the life. They had to drain every bit of fluid from the body for there to be the death. And then came the resurrection. And it's interesting to me because... What was the one thing that the guards who guarded the tomb were told not to do? Yeah. You know, whatever you do now, don't sleep. <laughs> do not go to sleep. I mean, they were asleep all night. <laughs> and that's human nature. Whatever you tell somebody not to do, that's the first thing they usually do. Especially if you have kids, you know, you know that. If you have a boy and a girl, you're going to deal with polarity. And in the male and female, you're going to deal in polarity. And so if you can stand in the middle, which is unconditional love, and have no uh, particular beliefs in whether or not what she wants to do and what you want to do, then you won't have anything to fight. One can't fight or create a fight if there is no opponent. And that's the one thing that we allow ourselves too often to be stirred by, is that somebody, you know, harms someone, and the next thing you know, there's a full-fledged war. We have got to get to that point where we really, truly understand why. Why? 
And, and then you'll know when you look at it. When you look at it, God will give you the answer from within. Whether you're looking at it from within and you see it out, whether you're outside and you see it within. Because whatever's out is in also. Whatever's inside you is outside. So the idea here is, is that bringing that oneness together. And when you do, every soul will realize that they have a definite job to do. You're not alone. And you will find that job and do it. Because it's the only way to heaven. Unless It's been said that unless one enters the gates of heaven itself, and they're not on the arm of someone they have helped, then they won't make it. There is, you know, it's, it's been said that, you know, you may be a big bear, but there's always a bigger bear. Well, the idea here is, is that, you know, it doesn't matter what you have a little. Make that little, you know, break it in half and give it to someone else who needs it. It'll make all the difference in the world. Yep, the more that we can reach out and help others, the more we align ourselves to the will of God, and the more God will give us in return. It's a law. It's absolutely a law. Again, Living Light Center, a church of faith and healing. This is Angel Talk through them. They're our sponsors. And give us a call, 304-567-3354. And and or Sandy's, with with an S, angeltalk at AOL.com. And we want to thank all of you, and we do hope that you will return and visit us for our next show in two weeks. God bless. God bless.